Thank you for joining us once again on this glorious Sunday. Uh, today is what? 14th of June, 2020. And we want to give God our best worship we can. And uh, today uh, we have a guest speaker. He's not our actual guest speaker. He's one of our speakers. Uh, Pastor Eugene, he's going to speak for today for us. And he's going to speak again uh, uh, two weeks from now. So he's, he and I are going to rotate the turn and, and I'm going to uh, minister to you guys. So let's welcome uh, Pastor Asian once again. Would you give him a big hand? Okay, let's pray one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, we just um, lift up this time to you, Lord. We just uh, pray that you just prepare our hearts, prepare our minds to um, hopefully just receive this word, Lord. And I pray that you um, fill me with the Holy Spirit to uh, just speak your words and to speak with boldness and uh, clarity, Lord. Uh, we just lift you up on this glorious day, Lord. And uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the passage is uh, Deuteronomy 1, 26 to 28, and I'm going to start it off by reading it to you guys. But you're unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord, your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, the Lord hates us. So he brought us out of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They say the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large, just walls up to the sky. We, we even saw the Anakites there. This is the word of the Lord. So, um, yeah, this, this passage was, uh, this happened right after Moses had sent 12 spies to um, to the promised land to scout out the, the terrain, to scout out what was going on there. And they sent, he sent out the spies to, uh, originally to, to see how the people were there, how the, how, the, uh, how the enemy was there and how the cities were fortified. And when he sent them out, they, they came back, and they came back with very disheartening news. And a lot of, uh, a lot of the news was very disheartening. They talked about how they saw these fortified cities, they saw these giants there, and they were really, really scared. But there was two guys, I think Caleb and uh, Joshua, were the, only, were the only ones that came back and said, no, we can do this. And after hearing this bad news, the Israelites kind of, uh, I believe they kind of got stuck in idol because of this fear. They, they, weren't, they weren't going forward, they weren't going backwards, but they were just stuck in place because of this fear that they were experiencing. And because they were in this state of idleness, they weren't able to go forward. And I feel like this, this state of idleness, we're all feeling this. And for me especially, I felt like 2020 was, for, I don't want to say it was the promised year, but I felt like this year was going to be such a great year. And I was super excited at the, the turn of the new year. I was like, 2020 is going to be this great year. It's going to be so fruitful. I'm going to be turning 30 years old. It's going to be a big milestone. And I was genuinely, genuinely very excited for the year 2020. 
And then the year 2020 starts with an incredible tragedy. <laughs> well, an incredible tragedy for me, and I'm sure probably for a lot of Los Angelonians, we had uh, the tragic death of Kobe Bryant. And Kobe Bryant dying really, really shook, shook me up. I remember I was uh, sitting at a pub and I was drinking a, drinking a beer and I got a message from my friend and it was said, uh, I can't believe this. And I said, what are you talking about? And uh, we have this kind of like this joke where we uh, message each other and we just kind of give a question and we'll say, what is that? And then we'll just say, we'll type out, waza. <laughs> and so I thought he was trying to joke around and like try to get me with that. Uh, so I was like, what? Did Waza happen? And then he said, no. He's like, check it out. Kobe Bryant. It said Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. And I was like, no way. You're lying to me. And then I read it, I read it on my phone. And I remember I was sitting at the pub. And I was just crying. And it was, uh, I'm pretty sure the, the, the bar, bartender was like, whoa, this guy's crying. <laughs> Must have been really, really weird. And then all of a sudden, we... Uh, not too long after that, we, hear, we started hearing news of uh, COVID-19 and people getting sick and people dying all over the world. And now there's this huge, uh, huge fear and huge uh, health craze where we're genuinely really afraid of this pandemic that's going around. And then to top it all off, we have this um, very tragic death of uh, George Floyd where this policeman, you know, stepped on this dude's neck and um, basically murdered him. And then there's these uh, riots going around, and yeah, just, just, just the year has just been extremely crazy. And for me, I feel like I'm in the same place as the Israelites. I, get, I was totally, genuinely excited for this brand new year, and I suddenly start getting these uh, news of tragedies, and all of a sudden, I felt like I'm stuck in idol now. And for me, I really do feel like I've been stuck in idol. This year uh, has been, uh, like I said, filled with tragedies, and I've been really feeling numb and even as I've been reading the Bible I've been reading the Bible in the morning and uh, lately I've been feeling like I've just been reading words as uh, as crazy as that sounds right the Bible is way much much more than words but as I was reading the Bible I, I felt like I was reading a textbook or I was just reading um, just these words on a page and I was feeling disconnected and even when I was praying I felt like when I was praying my prayer wasn't um, really connected. My mind was drifting elsewhere. And yeah, I just felt like um, my, my journey in my faith, I wasn't going forward. I was just like rolling in the mud, just, just staying in place. And it kind of reminds me of another story in my life where, um, where I was idle. And it happened from 7th to 10th grade. In 7th to 10th grade, I had a this crush on this one girl all through seventh to tenth grade, and um, like every time this um, like a dance or like a school event would come around, I would like make a scenario in my head where I would go and you know like ask her to this dance or this uh, or this event, and um, I would always get excited during those times. And but whenever those times would pass by, I would you know I would never do it. I would just never ask her, and uh, I would just I was just stuck in. Um, with no action, stuck in idleness. Maybe because uh, I was scared of being rejected. Whatever it was, I was just stuck in idleness. And it, that, while it might not be a perfect example with the Israelites, I, I believe both states of idleness prevented both of us and prevented the Israelites from moving forward. 
And we know that Christianity, or um, I don't want to say Christianity, but our faith with Jesus is not an idle faith. It's not about being in the background. It's not about being silent, but it's about being active. It's about being um, up in the forefront. It's not about being staying quiet, but, you know, it's really being an active participant in our faith. And I have these three, uh, three dangers of um, being, being idle, what being idle can happen. But, uh, when you're idle, I have three dangers that can happen. And one of them is missed opportunities. And Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are, who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6.10 says, as we, as we have opportunity. So as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. So we have, when we have opportunity, we have to do good. And we know that the Israelites, they had the opportunity to go into this land, but they missed it. And God, um, God punished them, and a whole generation missed the opportunity to go into this land. Moses missed the opportunity to go into this land. And um, by me not asking this girl, girl out to these dances or to these events, I also missed out on this opportunity to um, go out onto these dances or these uh, events with this girl that I really, really liked. And we know that um, opportunities often are disguised as problems. And I have this great quote. And it's uh, from a cartoonist philosopher named Pogo, He's, he, who once observed, gentlemen, we are surrounded by insurmountable opportunities. Too often what we perceive as obstacles, no money, no machinery, no methodology, no manpower, are God's opportunities in disguise. So we know that since opportunities can be disguised as problems, I believe that the problems that the Israelites encountered, those big cities, those giants, I think that was an opportunity to showcase to God that they had faith. To go into those cities, even though they were smaller, even though they were fewer in number, it was their opportunity to uh, go in faith, to show, show God's might, to show God's power, and um, to go and conquer these people, and to really um, to show faith in God. And I have this other, uh, other line that I read. It says, if you fail to seize an opportunity God puts before you, it doesn't necessarily mean God is finished with you, but it probably means he will turn it to someone else who will jump at the opportunity. When I read that quote, it like really messed me up because I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want God to be giving other people my opportunity, right? You want to seize every opportunity that God gives you. Even though that might sound selfish, you know, you really want to seize every opportunity, every blessing that God has put before you. And, yeah, I mean, it, really, it would really bother me if that opportunity was given to somebody else. And, you know, opportunities are usually missed because of fear. And I missed the opportunity to ask that girl out because I was probably scared of being rejected and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was probably scared of being rejected. And um, we know that um, every time God gives us an opportunity, you don't take that opportunity without fear. It's supposed to be, the opportunity, you're supposed to revere the opportunity. You're supposed to take it with a bit of fear, with uh, knowing that God is giving you this great, you know, this great responsibility, this great task. And so... 
All opportunities and all open doors have one thing in common, is that they focus on the future. And um, that's one of the reasons I believe that the Israelites were stuck. They, uh, they realized that the future was in God's hands, but they were scared. And they were scared to go into this promised land and to put their future in God's hands. So they were missing this opportunity to, um, to go into the promised land earlier than, earlier than they should have. I mean, not earlier than they should have, but the, the, the original time they should have went into the promised land. And the second problem is you get comfortable with the stagnation. And so when you get comfortable with stagnation, it becomes a huge, huge problem. You get comfortable with the status quo. You get comfortable with being comfortable. And when you're comfortable with uh, the status quo, you don't ever want to change. You're just, you're just stuck in the stagnation. You don't really feel like there's really anything wrong. And, um, you know, there's this quote that I got. It says, change is hard, but stagnation is fatal. And I think these words serve as a bold reminder that growth or lack thereof demands work and effort. You know, stagnation is fatal. And stagnation in uh, Christianity is basically, is basically fatal as well. Because when you're, stagnate, when you're stagnated in, uh, in your faith with God, you're not going anywhere. You're just stuck in place. And when you're stuck in place, you're not progressing and you're not growing. And when you're not growing, you're not receiving any... Um, I don't want to say you're not receiving any blessings. You might still be receiving blessings, but you're definitely not receiving the full amount of blessings that you can be receiving. And you're definitely not receiving the full uh, experience of God that you should be able to be receiving. And, um, you know, stagnation is fatal. So if I were to ask all of you guys, if you were comfortable with dying today, what would your answer be? It would probably be no, right? But a lot of us, when we're stagnating, it's akin to dying. And uh, when we're stagnating and you ask this question, we might be saying no, but our, the way we're living our lives, we're basically saying yes, because when we're stagnating, our lives are just the same. And we, when we die, there's nothing that changes, right? So even though it is hard, even though it, it is pointless, you feel like it is pointless, it's remember, you got to stay on the course. you got to stay on the course of your faith. And even when you feel like it's stagnating, you got to continue to read the Bible, you got to continue to pray, and you got to continue to stay in the Word because that time of stagnation will pass. And even though it is hard, even though if you feel like it is pointless, you know, time in God's Word is never pointless because it will benefit you beyond the moments you spend time reading it. So when you ponder on God's Word, even when um, you feel like it's not benefiting you, down the line, sometime down the future, maybe that, that word will pop into your head or that word will give you courage or that word will give you strength to, uh, to continue on. And Second uh, Timothy says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. So God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power. And we have the power to get out of the stagnation. It's, uh, you just got to stick on the course. You got to put your nose forward. And you just got to remember all the times that God, you know, has, uh, has been good to you, has, been, has answered your prayers, had the, you know, had, had the Israelites just remembered all those times that God had, um, you know, provided for them. 
I'm pretty sure they would have uh, went into the promised land with, uh, with confidence. But I believe that they got, um, they got comfortable. They got comfortable with, um, maybe they got comfortable with God providing all those things for them, like manna with, uh, with water. And so they, they, weren't, they weren't prepared to go into this promised land, to go into war, to do the hard work, because they were so comfortable with um, God providing for them. So my third danger is you can wander around and never realize the full potential God had for you. So, uh, yeah, I mean, from, I don't have a good example with the, the girl because I don't know if there's any full potential, but um, the, the Israelites, they wandered around. They had to wander around for 40 more years, and they, um, although they did realize the potential of becoming the nation of Israel, they had to wait 40 more years, and Moses, Moses had to pass away, and he wasn't able to see, you know, the promised land. But, yeah, I mean, sometimes when you wander around and you're stuck in this uh, mode of neutral, this, um, this stagnation, you're just never able to um, really realize your full potential. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For where is workmanship created in Christ Jesus? for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. So we are his workmanship, and um, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And when we realize his full potential, we realize that we are his workmanship, created in the image of Jesus Christ. And um, I was, uh, when Janet was praying for us, she kept mentioning um, a royal priesthood, uh, or holy priesthood, and I was like, yeah, that's so right. We are, you know, completely, we are a royal priesthood. We are, you know, a holy priesthood. And I actually picked out a verse, 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So yeah, I mean, as Janet was uh, saying those those words, I was like, yes, we really we really are a holy priesthood. And when we realize our full potential, and we realize we are a royal priesthood, we re- we realize that we can't stay in the background anymore, right? We can't stay silent. Um, we can't. Um, we can't be in the background, but we got to be up in the forefront. And um, these, it really reminds, it really brings me back to um, what's going on right now. And uh, I believe that more Christians should be, you know, kind of speaking up, kind of um, being up in the forefront, um, speaking up against these injustices, against uh, police brutality, against uh, inequality, against racism, and. You know, I have seen some. Uh, I have seen some Christian uh, Christian uh, church leaders speaking up, up, speaking up about it. But I feel like, as a whole, I feel like we're just too silent. We're uh, we're we're not realizing our full potential as uh, world changers. Because I believe, as a, as a, you know, a royal priesthood of God, we have so much more power than we realize. We, have, we really have the power to change the world. We really have the power to um, really bring 
the kingdom of God to, to earth as a, right now. We don't have to wait to go to heaven. We can, we can help to realize it right now by you know, bringing it on to earth, by, uh, by uh, realizing justice, by uh, helping the poor, by um, not being silent. And only th- those things can only happen when we're not, you know, when we're not idle, when we're not stuck in this uh, perpetual mode of being stuck in this mud. It's only when we're going forward, it's only when we're um, seeing what we're, what's in front of us, which is the cross, which is Jesus Christ, which is uh, what he has done for us. Then, then we can see, then we can realize the full potential of, uh, of Jesus Christ and of us as the royal priesthood of God. And um, yeah, I just want to pray, for, pray over us that we can be this royal priesthood, royal priesthood of God, that... Uh, we can uh, get out of this state of idleness and that we can just be in a perpetual um, state of going forward. Although we can't go forward all the time, you know, we will go backwards. The point is we do have to get up, even if we do go backwards, to get up and to, to move forward. So let us pray. Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, uh, we just lift you up and I pray that uh, some of us might be in this state of idleness, some of us might be, you know, just not feeling like uh, we're energized or we have the power or we have the energy to move forward, Lord. But, you know, we, we have you, Lord. We know all the good stuff that you've done for us. We know the, the price that you paid on the cross, Lord. We know the power that you can bring. And you know that we have, you have selected us as a royal priesthood of, uh, of God, Lord. And let us, uh, I just pray that we realize this full potential, Lord. We realize that the power that we have as uh, world changers, as world, uh, world breakers, Lord. And I pray that we can just bring this revelation of, uh, just revolution of, uh, just change, revolution of uh, your kingdom on earth, Lord. We just pray that uh, we can really just bring your love onto this earth, Lord. And we pray that every person on this earth can really truly feel your love and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.